what's going on, everybody? The Modern Flirting Podcast back again in full effect. The best mother effing podcast in the whole wide world, or best MFN, I should say, podcast in the whole wide world. And so, uh, yeah, really looking forward to doing this one. We got a great podcast lined up for you guys. And so, right now, Cosmo might jump in a little bit later. We got myself, Dale Valor. We got the guy that started it all, Jared Psych Lawrence. We are. got awesome, ridiculously good coach, Gore. And then we got Jamie sitting in a doctor's chair, uh, just got off her class, which I was watching for a little bit on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> All right. No, sir. Did something happen in class that you know about or what happened there? Um, well, no, I mean, you know, I, I, I went to Discord. I answered some questions, but um i was just not getting the participation that i wanted i'll be honest with you during this class usually i have much more participation but um i yeah i'm not gonna lie i was kind of disappointed in the group and then also just i guess myself because i maybe i wasn't motivating enough or, or enticing enough or intriguing enough to get them to participate but you know i think that and maybe this is just a, um, you know, internal struggle, but like, sometimes I just think, you know, like the only, the only, uh, questions that I usually get nowadays are just online dating. Mm. And I want, and, and I, I feel like I have so much more value to give than just that. And, um, so yeah, so I'm just trying to figure out how I can be a better coach for these, for these calls, honestly. Well, I'll tell you, podcast worthy, but I mean, I only tuned in for, I don't know, less than 10 minutes probably, but um, as I was kind of setting up and getting my notes together for the podcast and everything, I really like what you said to Chris, because I was thinking the same exact thing. You know what I mean? And yeah. what, what Jamie had said basically was for him to kind of let, get in the position to, to let loose a little bit, get out mm -hmm. of his comfort zone. And I think that that's a really, a really good point for him in particularly, but also for just, uh, just uh, to do consistently for everybody, you know, mm -hmm. to get out of your comfort zone, to have fun with it, to not take yourself so seriously, to not be so rigid and worried about like the technical aspect of going out and flirting and, and, and getting to know people and like trying to check all the boxes to make sure that you're doing it correctly and all that kind of thing, but just to, right. just to have fun doing it. You know? Yeah, and also to, to add to that, too, I think the other thing I really wanted him to take was uh, this is something I've just I've said time and time again, like know thyself before you can attract others, like really know like what your hobbies are like and honestly, the importance of having a hobby, I think, you know, unfortunately, a lot of like with American culture and like this hustler culture that we consistently promote in this country, it's like people either don't have time for hobbies or don't value hobbies anymore or, or just like rather just put all of their time into work and then nothing else. And it really loses the zest for life. Like one of the reasons why I had that opinion when it comes to helping Chris out, you know, Chris is a guy that struggles with, he's very logical. Mm -hmm. He's very, you know, um, uh, logical. He comes across very monotone, very, you know, like, I don't know, boring is the word, but just like, there's no, there's no zest. There's no zing. There's he's no you know, fun. Right. Very regimented. So 
you know, I, you know, for me, like one of the thing, one of the ways that I let loose is like, I go to music festivals and this past weekend, I went to Oregon country fair, which isn't a music festival. It's more of like, I don't even know how to describe it. It's like more of like a Renaissance fair, mm -hmm. but it, it's not, people aren't running around with swords or like princess outfits or anything like that. It's more of like a fairy village. And also people are selling their like beautiful art and wears like the best art I've ever seen in my entire life uh, in this like woodland fairy village that they create in the middle of the woods in Oregon once a year. And it's like very niche, very weird, but that it's, and it's like so Oregon and the fact that everyone is like so weird and bizarre and everyone's just like celebrating their weirdness and you know i've seen like full grown like grandpas with their grandkids in like fairy costumes and like you know like just like everyone is just so letting loose and letting fun and just having fun with life and i was just like thinking about it, i was like i would love to see chris in that situation because during that weekend i swear i had some of the most funny fun intriguing conversations with strangers i've ever had and I love the music festival culture and scene because it really does bring out that, that energy. Like it brings out this energy of just everyone is just having fun and like what fun looks like and fun, interesting, funny conversations, sarcasm. Like, and, and I was just thinking, I was like, I would love to like pluck Chris out from wherever he is and place him. I'd like to see and him just like let the him run loose. The juggalos. Maybe that'll be the yeah, next. Exactly. Weekend. Yes. <laughs> Maybe that's your next yeah. camp idea. Take him out to a. Uh... To a music festival and see how they operate. Fuck the club. That's a really yeah, exactly. point, Jamie, because because um, I came from that, like where Chris was at. I was, I, Jared knows, um, when I was like super reserved and like in my head, I think you're muted. Oh, yeah, she's me. She's talking about doctor right now. Sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, she gave me, sorry, sorry. She gave me five minutes. Sorry. What, what, what were you saying? I was saying that's a really good point, how like you have to let loose following your passions because I came from that. Uh, and I think there's two parts to it. One is, yeah, it is you. Like it comes from you and like the passions you express and like feed because you have to feed those things for them to, to be a part of you. And the other right. thing is, is, is the things around you that have to, you have to continually, it's like a cycle. You You allow yourself and then, others allow you and then you allow yourself more and then others allow you and so when you when you take a risk and like do it with conviction give yourself permission to do something and you see that others are accepting of that so it's super important to be around like good people because when you see that others are accepting of that it, it kind of opens you up and and we, we all know Cosmo and, and like how his a big part of who he is is like empowering people and and i feel like that in itself brings out um a lot in the in the students or like in the and even like everybody around him um that's that's like his biggest thing that he preaches is empower others and and i've kind of adopted that for myself because i've seen what a change it makes in people and in myself especially when you give yourself permission and then you see others like empowering you at that point um, because they're like, wow, you became this like different person. It's amazing. And like this and that, and, and then inspires them and in turn inspires you and, and creates this whole cycle. So it's super right. important. And, and yeah, yeah, the journey. And also just being a part of like a scene too. Cause I, you know, like during that time when I'm at, you know, when I was at the, when I was at fair, I was like thinking, I was like, okay, how can like, I'm like looking around, I'm seeing all of these people having fun. And I saw, so many guys approach like like talk about the difference 
like so many people, like so many guys were approaching not only just girls, but other guys and people were just like making friends with strangers. And like, it was so that vibe, it was so that scene. And I was like, okay, how can I, like, what can I learn from this? How can I take what I, what I experience here and bring it back? How can I teach it? You know, and I think it just goes to show you like, like being in a scene and being like engrossed in a hobby or knowing things, it also just adds to a conversation, right? So like, you know, with music festivals, like, you know, I, if I meet someone that's into music festivals, like nine, like I'm talking about that for the next, you know, 20 minutes, favorite DJs, like, you know, best festivals, like, where are you been? Like funny things that have happened, like, and it just makes the conversation so much easier. So it just goes to show you like, especially men who struggle with what am I supposed to say next? Like I, I run out of things to say, or, or there's nothing to talk about, or, you know, I always come up with blanks. It's like, well, well, start smaller, like start within a smaller scene, learn that, learn that little world. And therefore it makes the conversations a lot easier. You can connect on a deeper level uh, with more people, um, you know, like, like, cause nightclubs is as fun as they are and as, as great as bars are, like it's, it's harder to build a deep, deep, deep connection at just like those like face level value venues all the time. Right. So like branching out and, and really putting it in your schedule and, and prioritizing, okay, when in my week, when am I month, when am I year, am I going to add this? Because it is a very valuable thing to put into your schedule to, to, to add and, and to meet people through those things. You know, uh, one of the things that I do and to your point, I think it's super important to get out of your comfort zone, to go to things that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise go to. You should see the cookouts I have at my house when I have a barbecue. It is ridiculous. Over here, you got punk rock, dude. Over here, you got, no worries, Jamie. Um, over here, you got goth guy. Over here, you got metal girl. You know what I mean? And like one of the exercises that I have guys do uh, that I'm working with, like if I'm working out like one-on-one -on -one with, um, to help them stretch their comfort zone is to go to things outside of their bubble. It's so easy to get trapped inside of our own bubble where now things that are outside of that bubble are uncomfortable to us. One guy in particular, I had him go, now this dude's from Northern Michigan. All right. Like straight up Whiteville. You know what I mean? Like he moved down here for work here being Detroit. Uh, he moved down here for work and he's just not used to uh, an urban environment. Okay. This guy's from the country straight up and down. And what, one of the exercises I had him do to start stretching his comfort zone was to go to a black comedy club. And he was like the only white dude there, you know, and, 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 you know, again, straight, straight up Northern Michigan country, you know, and, Turns out he absolutely loved it. He got in some really good conversations with people. And this is a place he would never go to on his own. Never. And now he's went back on several occasions because he liked it so much. And they were so, in, uh, the, the atmosphere was so inviting that it showed him, hey, I can go do things that aren't necessarily my thing. You know, so I, I think what, yeah, to her point, I think that's super important. Dale, I'm curious what you tell people um, to add to that, like what you tell them if they're going out alone and like putting themselves in new environments. Because I know like from experience, if, if I would go to somewhere new for the purpose of like something new, mm -hmm. like learning something from it or like gaining something from it, I, I would be like, 
okay, I'm here. This is stupid. Nothing's going to happen. Like wasted my time coming all the way here and this and that. Then you get into your head and you're, you're yep. there just by yourself. It's not even like you and a friend enjoying each other's company. It's just you there for a result. And then that makes you get into your head so much. What's the craziest um, place outside of the box and outside of your comfort zone that you guys have been to? It's not so much the, the craziness. It's the fact that like you're not used to it. And, and then you fall into this trap of like telling yourself, this is like the wrong thing. No, I, I get the mentality, Gore. Yeah. I'm just saying. Give me an example of somewhere that you've went that's outside of your comfort zone. Um, I, I guess like a, a rave party or a con what kind of party. Those like raves. Oh, okay. Yeah, I heard that too. Okay. <laughs> What'd you hear? What'd you hear? I replaced a V with a P. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny what about you jared what's the craziest i know you got a story i mean i'm sure there's more like tame ones but i would say what comes to mind is i'm I'm, did a lot of boot camps in vegas and one of my buddies there he's like a success he runs this thing called the success institute um he like combines mentalities with spirituality with ways of thinking with seduction all this stuff his name is johnny saporno so shout out to him oh, yeah he's yeah i love that dude all right so you know he's, he's the homie super super weird guy but awesome to be around uh and you know we, we've we've hit it off and had deep conversations about all different types of stuff and one of the things was he's into the porn scene he's like a basically a porn uh consultant and he invited me to this thing called the ultimate after party mm-hmm. and the ultimate after party is basically during the AVN awards of the porn awards, all the porn stars and, and people in that industry have this big like private party in one of the people's um, suites in a hotel suite or whatever. Right. Yeah. So I'm like, shit. Yeah. I'm down to go party with some porn stars. Why not? You know, I'm in my twenties. I'm feeling good. I'm like, let's, let's make this happen. So <clears throat> see, decide to make it happen. I go in and then this is where it gets all weird. I'm like, all right, I don't know how to interact in this environment. I thought I saw it all. I was going in all confident and cocky. But the moment I walked in, I'm like, this is not my scene. I have no idea on a basic level how to act. And here's why. I hope they open the door and the woman greeting me, she's got these cat eye contacts on, which is like the most normal thing about it, this whole thing. (laughs) And she looks at me, she's like, meow, welcome, come in. I'm like, all right, kitty. I walk in and then right in the living room is a giant stripper pole and girls swinging around and doing her stuff and in the kitchen. People are pouring drinks and doing shots. I'm like, all right, I can fuck with this. This seems cool, right? Mm-hmm. Like stripper pole. Wow. Okay. This is, this is what I'm talking about. I look in the bedroom, big mistake. I look in the bedroom and there's a woman just open everybody. People just naked in there getting railed, getting fucked missionary style while there's a train of like five or six guys just standing, waiting in line to get with this girl i'm guessing and i'm like i've seen i've seen i don't want to be in the back of this line fuck that (laughs) (laughs) i am not getting a line it's just it's it's like six or seven guys like the dmv in there you gotta take a number yeah kind of there's just seven guys just standing naked in the bedroom all just waiting in line and this grum's getting railed i'm like all right i'm walking out of the bedroom let me go into the family room away from it right um you go into the family room and then there's this guy who's chained up uh, legs and feet 
and you got two girls just whipping him uh, with different whips, just taking turns. Two girls are just taking turns laughing, whipping this guy. And I'm like, I don't want to be this guy. Hell no. So then I go to the other bedroom and then there's this giant blue square of latex. Mm-hmm. And inside the latex, there is a man, uh, basically looks like Han Solo from Star Wars because it was like it was like air dried, like okay. vacuum air dried. So it's just his body. There's like a tube for his mouth to breathe. But this guy cannot move. He's just stuck in this blue cube or blue square. And then these girls are like rubbing their hands over the latex and like rubbing up on him. And I'm just like, I'm in Willy Wonka's like sex bag. <laughs> I don't know what is going on right now. I don't know how do I go up and talk to somebody. Who could... <laughs> and then people are like sitting in chairs, fingering each other and just doing stuff. And I'm just like, I... Do, do I say, hey, can I cut in? Do I, do I, do I come, like, what is the, honestly, Dill, I think you have more experience than any of us. Yeah, like, this reminds me, etiquette? dude, yeah, this reminds me of so many sex parties I've been to, but so when you went to that, let me ask you this, I want to compare our experience here a little bit. Were you like, I'm not turned on like I thought I would be. Nothing was sexual to me. Yeah, that that's exactly, the first time that I went I felt like it was the same feeling like when I'm at the zoo. I'm like, yeah, I'm like watching. And I'm like, where's my popcorn? Like, there's nothing feeling sexual about it. It's all more just like, holy shit, is this happening? Is this going on? Is this fucking like, yeah, all right, I'll watch this shit. But like, I, I, nothing aroused me there. Right. Yeah. So the first time, the first time that I went to like a sex BDSM party, right? there's this house it's called the detroit house of pain you can google it if you want and it's a big colonial house with uh i wonder if the doctor can hear us <laughs> uh, there's this big colonial house and like all the different rooms are set up like scene rooms if you know what i mean by that like one room is like uh, a gynecologist set up okay another room is for like whipping Another room is for something else, you know, like it just all these different themes and whatnot. One room has like a uh, St. Andrew's cross set up. And like when, when I was pulling up, I was a little bit nervous because I just didn't know what to expect. I'd never been to something like that before. Sure. And, um, and I really wasn't aware of really much of anything about it. And so when I walked in, but I was excited at the same time, because in my mind, I'm thinking probably, probably like you did when, (laughs) when you got to that, I was thinking fish in a barrel, you know what I mean? Like, oh, this is gonna be easy. This is gonna be cake. You know what I mean? So I go in there and first and foremost, I was just like, I'm really surprised how not turned on I am. You know, it's kind of a high quality, high quality problem. I was a little surprised by that, but as I got a little more comfortable and, 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 started to talk to people and whatnot, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, man, this is going to be so easy to, to, you know, get with, get with some girls and, and whatnot. Right. I mean, that this whole party is predicated on that. And I'm like, why is nothing I'm doing landing? You know, like why, like everything that I do in the outside normal world, fine, works well in here, in this environment, it just, everything was falling flat. And what I came to realize was I was way overdoing it in that type of environment. It was just pretty much just like general, just basic conversation. 
And then just being like, well, hey, you want to go upstairs? Okay. <laughs> That's that, you know? And so where I'm like, okay, got to have my, got to have my starter ready to go. Got to transition, got to position myself right, you know, and, and all this and that. Like, that was just like way too much for that environment. It was just basic conversation. You know what I mean? So that, so that was so vibing with, Hey, you want to play upstairs? You want to go? Yeah. I mean, that, that was pretty much it, you know, like just having a good conversation, a little bit of Pez and boom, that's it. Oh, there was a dynamo down. Yeah. You know, but, but in, in those types of situations, like what we were talking about before knowing, you know, um, uh, hobbies and, and, and all that kind of stuff, you know, I find oftentimes that guys who, the type of guys that we work with a lot of times that have that entrepreneur mindset that's like, go, 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 hustle, 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 and don't have time for those hobbies, don't have time for all this and that. Um, One thing I can tell those guys from experience, because my time is extremely limited, is to couple those things together. Um, For instance, when I was deeply uh, in real estate when I was just like really hustling it out as a, a real estate agent, you know, you're always looking for leads. You're always trying to get in front of people. You're always trying to have conversations to, you know, get people interested and, in, you know, and get them in your pipeline, so to speak. I figured a good way of doing that was start doing wine tasting events, start doing chili cook-offs, start doing all these different events where I'm hosting this event. And now everybody's kind of forced to have to talk to me. I don't even have to bring up real estate. Usually what would come up when I'm in a group of strangers is, well, you know, what do you do for work? Oh, I work in real estate. Well, how's the market? You know, just like, just leading me right into that conversation, you know, but by doing those wine tasting events, it first and foremost, I wanted to learn more about wine. Uh, I like wine, don't know shit about it. So I figured start throwing wine tasting events. They're going to show me. And they certainly did. Everybody wants to big up their wine. Hey, let me get you a flight of this. Like, hey, you got to try this one that I like, blah, 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 blah. And then have those conversations. So not only was I having a good time, but I was using it as a networking event as well. You know, so by coupling what you do with things that you like, you're getting the best of both worlds at the same time. You should I throw agree. a wine tasting event, Gore. <laughs> I still what? You should throw a wine tasting event. Gore. Oh. <laughs> I'd like to think that people that go to wine tasting events have good credit. So <laughs> maybe both. Maybe upstairs wine tasting, downstairs sex party. <laughs> it kind of funnels. You know no, what they used to do that. back in the day? Has anyone ever done those like murder mystery dinners? I yeah. tried out for one. Really? I yep. always thought that would be so cool. I was invited to one a long time ago, but I was I was for some reason out of town. I couldn't go, but I always it thought was, that would be really fun. When I lived in Vegas, it was a lot easier. There's always cool, interesting things to do when I lived in Vegas. So like, oh, you my parents are visiting. Let's go to a murder mystery. Let's go to this museum. Let's go to obviously the clubs and stuff. Oh, stand-up comedy. Let's go check out some stand-up comics. Oh, yeah, you, you don't have do- any of that in Miami. Well, first off, Miami's <laughs> an hour away from me. Well, you, you know what I mean. Right. But even though, yes, in Florida, it's just not as 
prevalent. You're not as aware. It's not like hitting you in the face. Like you, you go anywhere. It's like, it's like a, here's the thing with the Vegas effect. Yes. And for a lot of, I'm Google searching around, I could probably find something, whatever, like chill or whatever. Right. With Vegas, it's, you live in a small city. Like everybody kind of knows everybody, the locals at least. Mm-hmm. And you live in a somewhat small city and everything's massively marketed everywhere. So yeah. you're not, you're seeing, I'll drive to go, uh, you know, Korean barbecue late at night and there's billion signs of this and that and do this and to shoot a tank and or shoot guns or this golf thing or this. I'm like, oh, you know what? That seems cool. Wherever the fuck you are and people are talking. So it's just so much more prevalent and, and, and closer and epic. It's just like, oh yeah, Jerry Seinfeld's uh, doing a set and whatever the fuck, if you want to yeah. go see him uh, on Tuesday, it's like, oh, okay, fuck yeah. Versus who knows who, you know, doing a stand-up gig, who knows when, I got to Google it and search and get tickets in advance and all this shit. Like, no, it's just not like that in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, which actually leads me to a question that we had gotten um, that I wanted to kick around a little bit. You know, a lot of times, and, and I've seen this type of question get tossed around in, in, in uh, our Facebook group. Uh, and if you're not a member of our Facebook group, I'll link it up with the podcast, become a member. Uh, we're all there to help you grow. But I've seen this question in the Discord. I've seen it here, there, and everywhere. And it's, do I have to move in order to uh, improve my uh, my skills with with dating, with meeting women, all that kind of stuff. Like, say, a guy that lives in a smaller town, is it a necessity for that guy to move to a big city? I mean, my thing, choosing where you live is a choice. You 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 have say on it. You have a choice on it. If, that's one of the hardest things people are like i'm in a small town and you know how do i do da 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 i'm like my, the first thing is move if you can move move because you can do more in miami than i would say detroit no offense you know but you can do more in vegas than miami and you can do more in detroit than you could like you know um bum fuck any, anywhere bum fuck moral, yeah you know like yeah. there's levels to it so if you're in a put it this way do this test if I said this city to a random person in New York, you know, like a, or a major place, do you know this city? Like Salt Lake City, sure. I know I've heard of it, right? Vegas, heard of it. Dallas, Austin, Houston. If you're in Texas and you don't live in Dallas, Austin, um, Houston, or San Antonio, then you got to move, right? Like, I don't, like, if there's no other cities in Texas that I, I'm very aware of. Oh, but I live this place that's kind of, but no. Dallas, if, if you're in Florida, and you don't live in Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, or if you don't live in South Florida, Orlando, maybe Jacksonville, then you got to move. Well, just, shit, me moving to Tampa is going to be a point of contention. Oh, no, Tampa's actually, no, actually. <laughs> okay, so Tampa's the exception to the rule. So here's this thing. There are certain cities that are like sleep. Also Tallahassee. Tallahassee's good too. Oh, well, yeah, but like. There are certain cities that are sleepers. Tampa is absolutely one of them. It's big enough where there's a lot of people and it has some gorgeous ass women there. It is like a gold mine. You know, it's a strip uh, strip club capital of the world, right? Well, no, but there you go. Per capita. Every guy, I haven't been or haven't been in forever, but every guy I know who like goes to Tampa is like the most gorgeous women in the world are here. Like it's insane. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. I'm just like, fuck, what am I doing? Like Miami, like not better. 
Like there's a kind of good attitude. And I'm like, what is happening? What do you want to say about? So there are certain exceptions to the rule, but for the most part, if you're in one of those cities where it's like me and 50 guys and like, you know, and half of them are my cousin, then no, you got to move. Like, it's just, it's not going to work. Well, playing devil's advocate, what would you say to a guy who's like, look, you know, I, I was in future farmers of America. Like I, I, that's my get down. Like I'm going to live in a small town because you know, that, that that's where my employment is possible for me for what I do. Um, or another example might be, I've got, uh, my, my, my mom is sick, you know? And so I got to be around my family and blah, 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 you know? So situationally it's not something where they can move. Right. So for me, there's always, so if it's a farmer's thing, right. Then that's a choice. You want to be a farmer. You want to live that lifestyle. I put that in the same boat as you want to be Amish. You want to be Amish, be Amish. Like, then you're in that, you're in that network. You want to be a farmer, then go to farmersonly.com and find your farmer wife and God bless. <laughs> cause that's cause you're, you're, you're basically limiting yourself. You're just saying like, this is all my, my nearest neighbor lives, you know, 20 miles from me. Like, okay. Like, I don't know anything about that world. I don't know what it's like going to like the, the, a farmer's hoedown and whatever <laughs> like that's just it's it's too it's too small and there's only so many options so at that point i would say is look you 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 settle and you pick what's around you and you just you know like the girls have to settle you have to settle with what is located or you try to use online dating brush up your online dating skills maybe find some cool women another city down and you could try to you know work on that but those are your options there. Or you could try to use your farmer's knowledge and make an entrepreneurship of it. Basically set up a farm, have someone manage it for you and move the fuck out, but do meetings with them. You can do a remote, you can manage a farm remote and just hire workers and shit. Like, but you don't have to live there. You can, if you build a successful farm, it is just like any other business. You can scale it, you can grow it, and then you can live the lifestyle you want. If it's the mom example, then my heart goes out to that guy. I get it. You have to be with your mom. You have to take care of her. Then it's your job to make as much money as possible. Fuck women. Start finding ways to make money, side income, whatever. So that one, you can take care of your mom and you can move you and your mom to ideally a bigger city, which guess what? will probably have bigger medical centers and treatment options than you would in Wyoming. All right? Like if you really care about sick old mom, Take her to Boca Raton, Florida, where they can take care of elderly people versus Wyoming, where there's one doctor who just chilling, you know, like, I'm sorry, the best doctor. He's a horse doctor. (laughs) Yeah, the the best doctors in the world aren't in Wyoming. No offense to anybody listening from Wyoming. It's just like people gravitate towards where there's major people. The best chefs in the world are in New York and Las Vegas. There's a reason for that. Like, Mm -hmm. like they go to the best places. So if you really care about your old mom, you're going to bust your ass and move her to a place you and her to a place that has more people. We are social creatures. We do not belong. I mean, now for some people, for for few exceptions and caveats to the rule, some people love isolation. They're wilderness men. They like the, they like this, the peace, the serenity. God bless. I'm not talking to the exceptions to the rule. I'm talking to the rule. I'm talking to the people who are the average, you know, like functioning society people we belong around as many other people as possible because that's where we thrive. We get more options. We have um, the best of the best 
go to those places. I'm talking LA, New York, Miami, uh, Las Vegas, London, Tokyo. Like th these are major cities for a reason, right? So it doesn't do you, uh, it doesn't do anybody a service staying in small towns or small cities. It just limits your options in life. What do you think, Gore? I agree. He's, he said it exactly like everything I was thinking. Uh, it really comes down to what you value most. I mean, if there's always options around things and, and if something isn't an option, then you can earn enough money to, to make it an option. Then that should be your first priority is earning a, a higher income. So then that can become an option. Mm -hmm. uh, and so yeah, it really comes down to what you prioritize. And even if, if people are like the isolation type that want to be in peaceful areas, you can live like right outside the city so that you can drive into it whenever you want. There's, there's always ways around things. And yeah. I think it's just a matter of people being comfortable and, and afraid to, to start something new. I, I'd also go so yeah, far to I, say, I, 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 this, the last thing is, you, look, we are a dating podcast. We're here to help people with their social skills or dating skills. And, and to a degree that that is everybody, right? I've, I saw a homeless guy in New York trying to pick up girls and whatnot, right? But there is a good quote here, which is you can lose a lot of money chasing women, but you'll never lose women chasing money. And that I'm not, I'm not talking the whole concept of oh, women are gold diggers or anything like that. What I mean to say is if you're not making, let's say at least 60,000 a year, and you don't have your finances in order, you don't have something like going for you in that way, then that should be the main priority. doesn't mean you can't date, doesn't mean you can't fall in love. I mean, that, that, that's something for everybody, right? But if you're truly looking to have an amazing lifestyle, then you, you have to do key things for yourself. You have to get yourself healthy. You have to like, you know, Jamie's over here doing Botox to look her best. Um, I'm doing, I'm going to a remedy center, IV remedy, shout out to them. I'm doing semi-glutide treatments that's massively helping in, in weight loss and just getting in shape. And if, you know, so that's for health, you should be doing it for your bank account as well. You start a business. If you're not entrepreneurial and you're stuck and you feel like, okay, well, all I'm good is for this one key skilled job as, a, as an employee or I'm an accountant, that's fine. But then if you're not making, I'd say at least 60,000 a month, you should do, have a side income. You should just start a side thing. It could be real estate, like, you know, what Dale got into. Um, it could be learning a key skill like copywriting or just sending out your services. It could be fucking garage sailing like Gary V does. I mean, there's so many, there's no excuse anymore why people can't make money with all, all you have to do is learn a key skill and then monetize that skill. That's really the stupid, simple system, right? But so many guys are like, I, all I do is I live with my mom. I work at Target, you know, I'm, I'm a assistant manager at target and i'm fat as fuck i don't take care of myself at all i never go to the gym i don't eat right my, my diet consists of kfc i have no hobbies like what jamie was talking about like i just like going to target at work and then i like coming home and playing some world of warcraft and then they're like front or like women are the devil because they don't want me i'm a high value guy i'm a yes. i'm Oh I am God, awesome. My TikTok comments. <laughs> I'm a good, I'm a good person and 10 should want me. No, they don't. And they shouldn't, they shouldn't want you because at the end of the day, you're screaming to the world. You don't want you. You don't, if you were a girl, you would not date you. The equivalent is go, go find a girl with one eye and a peg leg. 
right? She's a good person. I'm sure she's fine. 300 pounds, Sally over there. I'm sure she's great. Go date her. She's got all the same criteria you have. So why are you looking at tens and all this other stuff? If you, you know, if you're talking women should do it, be that yourself, be the change that you want to see. Go get with the most grotesque women, find a homeless woman and give her a home because she's probably really sweet on the inside. At the, like at the end of the day, take your life in your own hands. And this goes so beyond Mount of floating is not a pickup company. It's not like, Oh, let's go approach girls, spit some lines or whatever. It is a lifestyle development company specifically, ideally for success minded men or ideally entrepreneurial men. And when I say entrepreneurial, I don't mean you have to own a business. I just mean guys who like to figure shit out, solve the problem, solve it, figure it out. Don't blame the world, take responsibility and own it because those guys will succeed at anything in life. All we're doing here at Mount Flirting is we're giving you a roadmap. We're, we're paving the way to show you how to do it, but you got to want it. And that circles back last thing that circles back to the first thing Jamie said on this episode, which is she's having a class and these guys aren't asking questions. They're not participating. Jamie, you did nothing wrong. I don't blame you one fucking bit. I literally blame the students on that class because you ask me when I'm a student, when I'm learning from mentors or Cosmo or Gore, I don't know, Dale, your story, but I'm sure you're in the same boat. You ask any one of us who taught us, we're the most fucking needy student they got. When I'm on, when I'm with my mentor, when I'm at any kind of coaching call, I have too many questions. Uh, Joel, my mentor right now, shout out to Joel Kaplan. I was on a coaching call with him. I'm in his program. He had to be like, Jared, I have to get to other people, man, bro. You gotta, I, I know you got more questions, but I, I gotta move on. I gotta like give it some other people the floor. And I'm like, ah, shit. All right. It's an hour call. I took up three minutes of time. That's fair, man. That's fair. Like you cannot <laughs> shut me up. I know Gore was the same way. Cosmo was the same way. Um, if you are going to pay all this money to be in a program to come in, not ask questions, not take action, not implement, not wonder about this. Stuff. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Just, just quit that. Because this mm-hmm. is not, it's not meant for that. Like you shouldn't be hounding them trying to pull teeth of like, how the fuck do I help you? How do I do it? Right. They should be coming to you going, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm trying. Please make sense of this for me because I want this bad enough. I have zero empathy or sympathy for people who don't want it bad enough. I have sympathy and empathy for people who don't know what to do and they're struggling and they're frustrated with their lives and they go, I want to make more money. I want to get women. I want to get healthy. I just don't know what to do. I struggle even with me. Like I struggled with, with overeating. I've always have finally, for the love of God, I found a doctor who's like, Oh, you, you need semaglutide. been doing that. Boom. I lose weight. I've been losing weight since then. I'm like, this is a fucking miracle thing because i found out the resource and i'm going to do what the doctor said it is oh wait pencil that in for me jared i want to talk to you about that afterwards semi-glutide is a fucking cheap for the okay for those who don't know if you are i have no idea what it is either i'm down okay for those who don't know i'm down 18 pounds from when i started from when i started my my whole fitness journey thing it started with i was fat little chubber bubble ball whatever um i saw pictures of me in in um uh tulum with cosmo well, for New Year's, and I was like, "Oh my God, I look so bad!" Because all these are all like these like shirtless photos by the beach and all this stuff. And I'm like, I, I'm like, bro, to myself, I let myself go. But I'm like, you know what? Whatever, you know, be fat. That's kind of the time I met you, Dad. Remember we did that like challenge? Yeah. Where yeah. I'm like, all right, maybe I'll try to lose some weight. But it's just whatever. It's just hard for me. I don't know 
if it was a hormonal imbalance or whatever, it's just always been a, a challenge of mine, always. So I'm just like, fuck, I got to do something. And then in January, right after that, I saw those pictures. I got this ulcer that was just destroyed. I couldn't eat. I was vomiting all the time. It was awful. And in that month, <clears throat> I went from like, I think I went from like 200 and I don't want to say, like, I, I think I was like 225 pounds or something or almost 230, like around there to 195 pounds. I did that like wow. in a month, right? Like I just shot, it was bad. It was like unhealthy losing weight. People are like, you're looking so good. I'm like, oh, I'm feeling awful. I cannot <laughs> eat. I'm on an all-liquid diet. <clears throat> but what it did make me realize, and then, I, then after the ulcer, I started blinking back up again. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to do that. No, I got to take this serious. So I reached out to Prince, who's, who's one of the coaches of Flirting. I'm like, put me on a program. How do I work out? How do I take action? You know, how do I fucking do this? And he put me through the ringer. He showed me the workouts. I... I will admit I've been dropping the ball lately a little bit with that. I need to really go more harder with it, but he gave, I now know what to do. It's up to me. Do I want it bad enough or do I not? I get it. And I have no sympathy. If I, don't, if I skip the gym, that's on me. I have no sympathy for myself at that point, right? He's giving me what to do. Here it is. Here's the accountability. Here's a roadmap. But then I talked to the doctor about like, yo, I really want to lose weight. And that's when some glutide came in. He recommended this. He goes, medicated weight loss. And I'm like, what the fuck is medicated weight loss? I didn't know that's a thing. He goes, yeah, you get this one shot in your belly. You barely even feel it. And it's just an appetite suppressant. Huh. You literally just eat less. And I'm like, that's so perfect for me. And since then, I've just been dropping weight. Huh. It's, it's right. usually like I drop a because before. Question, mind, is it something that a doctor needs to write you yeah. or can I just like get this? You got it. Well, it was a shot. I mean, it's a weekly injection. So you got to go to like a health clinic or a treatment where you go bow tie ask them ask your botox person about semi-glutide i bet you they do, do you it. guys do semi-glutide uh, i think it's i'm not a dermatologist i doubt oh no 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 it's not a skin thing you gotta go to you gotta go to that um you gotta go to a place that's like that will do like you know testosterone treatment and hormonal balance and they do botox there it's where i, I got um you know i got my forehead done um trying to think i don't know it's, mine's called iv remedy but you find it they and it's just an appetite suppression it's stupid it's stupid awesome before every single week i'm gaining like two pounds and i just see it going up after the ulcer since the glutide, i'll drop like two or three pounds in one week and then one week i'll like plateau and i'll stay the same and i'll drop another two or three pounds and then i'll stay the same and i'm like this is awesome so so i'm gonna look into you guys I'm also, and now I love it. Now I love it. I, I'm starting um, HGH peptides. So it's a, again, it's another shot in, in the belly every day. And this basically gets um, my human growth hormone going, which in turn gets my testosterone going. It allows me to recover faster from workouts. I'm basically trying to turn into Captain America is what I'm saying. But ultimately, but again, I, I took it on myself to figure it out, do research. Uh, what, what are options? What can I do? And ideally, you know, you're making enough money in your life where you can do these kind of things for yourself. So you don't have to be stuck. Yeah. I take TRT and my, my next shipment comes tomorrow and I cannot wait <laughs> to see that joker on my doorstep because, uh, yeah, for very much the same reasons you were just talking about with HGH, you know what I mean? I know it's different, but 
uh, yeah, it, it's definitely something that when I started taking it, you know, like it was a night and day difference, you know, being able to have that extra boost of testosterone and all that kind of thing. And so, yeah, you know, but I'm a little bit older than you guys. I don't, Jared might be able to get, you know, get on something like that. Gore, you're too young or something like that. But well, yeah. semaglutide can be for anyone. Well, not that. I mean, maybe that could be for anybody, but I'm, I'm talking about specifically like she just, TRT. Testosterone? Yeah. Yeah, I'm not fucking with that yet because once you start, you can't stop. You well, that's like... the thing. Well, here, here, all right, because I've, I've heard different people uh, say that to me. Like, are you crazy? Like, argh. and I'm like, look, I'm already not producing enough testosterone as it is. So what difference does it make? You know what I mean? Like, 